Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number 16. Welcome to the show, guys, and today we're lucky enough to be joined by Travis Bell, the bucket list guy, so welcome to the show, Trav. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How about yourself? I'm very well. Fantastic. So I wanted to start off today's episode uh, by just getting you to tell the listeners a bit about yourself uh, and also how the concept of the bucket list guy came about. Oh, look. Um, yeah, well, I, I spent 20 plus years in the personal training industry before I became, well, before someone actually called me the bucket list guy. So someone actually called me the bucket list guy and the name just stuck. But for 20 years, I, I was a personal trainer. I started with one client and built from one client up to a chain of 21 franchise personal training studios around Australia. Helped, did you know, a couple of million personal training sessions, I think, and helped tens of thousands of clients. And in that process, built it into built that business into a bit of a monster, to be honest. So here's the backstory. Yep. Um, I became um, too much of a lawyer, too much of an accountant. I fell out of love for personal training, unfortunately, to all the personal trainers and clients that might be listening to this. But I love the end product of personal training, don't get me wrong, but it was the business model that just didn't suit. And, yep. and I was like, all right, what else am I going to do? You know, and, and there was a few legal blues going on, and I was in a pretty bad spot. And was that, um, was that due to the time commitment that you're having to put in as a PT and as a kind of... Look, the reason why I got into PT was because I love helping people. It's like my number one you know, number one value. You know, if I'm not helping people, I felt like I wasn't helping people and I actually slipped into depression. And as a result of that, um, what do they say? The ladder of success was up the wrong wall and I bloody built the thing. And um, at the end of the day, I, yeah, it might sound like, oh, well, poor me kind of story, but, you know, our own perception is our own reality, right? So for me, I, again, I wish I went back to the start. I built this, you know, behemoth kind of business um, when I really loved helping people. I really wasn't at the coalface helping people as much as I was when I began, created this big business and then decided, all right, well, I've got to go to a happier place. So I ended up, you know, doing a lot of NLP and life coaching and personal development. I'm a bit of a seminar junkie, mate. Yeah. And, uh, and and then when I was in one of these seminars, um, you know, a few things happened where someone said to me, why don't you teach this sort of stuff? Why don't you teach personal development? So long story short is I packaged everything that I'd known about business. So I've been, you know, my own my own boss, you know, ever since I've never actually had a job in my life. So I um, packaged everything that I knew. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know if it's smart or stupid, but um, I packaged in everything that I learned. I put on a personal development, you know, kind of motivation uh, seminar and it went for three hours and it was absolutely crap when I look back on it. As a professional speaker now, I look back and I go, oh, my God, what was I thinking? But, you know, you got to start somewhere, kids. Correct. Um, so about halfway through, I started sharing my list to do before I died, the, the one that I had since I was 18. A lot of people didn't know that about me. So wherever I moved around in university and shared houses and that sort of thing, I always had this list to do before I died. 
And I started sharing some of the stuff on my list, and that's that's the reason really I got up at, out of bed in the morning. The reason why I set up business is really fast. And um, so as a result of that, I said to the room, all right, there's about 40 people in the room, and yep. said, now, who else has got one of these lists to do before they die? And I was like, no one. No so I was one. Like, the only freak in the room. And I said, oh, what would you love to do before you die? And then the room just erupted, and everyone was sharing. It was really, really cool. And then... And then at the end of it, Joe, actually one of our old personal training clients, said, how's all this you know, list to do before you die stuff? Like, it's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, There it was. Mm-hmm. Bang. And up until that point, it was just Trav Bell doing his best. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, that night I went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com and went, all right, who's like the king of bucket lists in the world? All right, no one. So I literally called myself the world's number one bucket list expert. That's awesome. And it's, and it's stuck. you gotta, you got to claim your space, don't you? Correct, correct. That's, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Look at, and it's just, you know, I'm probably, no, I definitely say, not probably, I definitely say I'm more congruent with the PD rather than the PT. Correct. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love helping people in every area of their life, and especially in in relation to bucket lists, because I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan, where our business plan or our career plan should fit into our life plan, not be the other way around. So that's all about you know helping people live a happier life, a regret-free life, and yeah, it's been um, an absolute snowball ever since. That's awesome, and so. Do you remember how many things you had on your bucket list? And also, also, I wanted to ask, what are some of the things that you have have achieved on that bucket list so far? Ooh, it's funny you should mention that. I'm about two days away from giving a TED talk. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah. I'm actually I've been rehashing some of it and sharing some of the stuff that I've done and what I've got coming up and what are some of the other, other people who've been to my seminars and keynotes and that sort of thing and interacted with me what they've done as well which is yeah. really what it's all about um the uh some of the things what was the original part of the question some of the things that I've done what yeah, I've done some of the things that are on the list that you've already you've yeah, already ticked yeah, off yeah so early days it was to inspire number 19 there we go was to inspire uh, one million bucket listers. So I'm on the path. On the path. One million bucket listers. Uh, number two was to complete an Ironman triathlon, which I did. Um, Whereabouts was that? The first one that they held in in Melbourne. Okay. So yep. I uh, that was a big day in the hurt locker. That one. It was yep. not. I did it in nine hours. I'd never. Now, mind you, I'd never done a triathlon before in my life. I grew up as a swimmer and a surfer, but I'd entered the Ironman. Not owning a pushy, not owning a bike, and Seems having done a little bit yeah. of a little bit of mountain biking before, but not like a full on you know road bike or anything like that. <laughs> so I did it with uh, a year out. You've got to you've got to register. Yep. Um, and I'd run one marathon before, so doing a marathon was on the bucket list. Doing an Ironman was on the bucket list. This is in the early days. Um, I think I even had owning a BMW, which has been scrapped because I don't even like cars. <laughs> and uh, uh, what else? The one of the the top ones was to yeah go to base camp on Everest, which I've done. Yep. And um, and I did that with Dad a few years ago. Um, that would have been a pretty amazing experience, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. We went to advanced base camp on Everest through Tibet. And I went with an expedition team, like a full-on summit 
expedition team. One of my mates went up to Camp One on the Tibetan side. So we got to, to 6,500 metres to a place called Crampon Point, which is the which is the equivalent. So 6,500 metres is above the Katumbu Icefall and between camps two and three on the Nepalese side. That's full on. So you literally take 10 breaths and you're, you, you're stuffed. So I had altitude sickness pretty bad. And um, and here I am in about two weeks' time, no, three weeks' time going to Africa. This is on the bucket list to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So I'm doing that in about three weeks from today. Oh, awesome. So there's a whole bunch of other things on there. Um, but really it's, well, one of the things on there was to do a TED Talk. I'm about to tick that off in two days. Um, to be a CSP as well, uh, which is a certified speaking professional, see a live volcano. I've done that. Uh, what else have I done? Um, haven't done my stand-up comedy gig just yet. Make that sure is, you uh, send me an invite that, to that one, mate. <laughs> no one's going to know about that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, I might oh, actually... I might actually... actually Put Richard Branson met Richard Branson met Tim Ferriss as well. So there you go. There's a, a couple of highlights. That's oh, crazy. went to went to you know the Burning Man Festival, Eurovision, um, you know, and also to travel every country, go to every country on earth is one that I want to do before I die too. That's unreal. I might actually pull you up uh, on something we spoke about quickly. Then a question I had later in the podcast was about the um, the TED talk. How did that? How did that come about? And um, and do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Well, yeah, I mean, I was you, you got to kind of be well with TEDx Melbourne too. John Yo, who's the curator, he's a tough nut to crack. Um, you can't just you can apply to do to do a TED talk. Yep. He doesn't really take applications. Yeah. You can't just throw uh, in. Yeah, yeah. There's only eight speakers from yep. from my knowledge. We've only got about fifteen to eighteen minutes each, and we, I, I knew him through the speaking, you know, fraternity in here in Melbourne and around Australia, and I'm like, eh, so John, you know, what do you, what's what's an you know an idea we're spreading? And he's like, just diss me, you know, didn't want anything to do with me. But it wasn't until someone else. Um, I think a couple of other people actually recommended that I may have an idea worth spreading. So I sat down with him very, very nervously. Yeah, I imagine. And and gave him my my idea worth spreading, and he said, "Great, don't change a thing." And I went, "What?" <laughs> and so you know what they're going to see is we're really what I do from a keynoting or a conference point of view, but just a very, very shortened version of it, a little bit more fleshed out in different ways so even you know being a professional speaker these days he still ripped into me and tore my normal shtick apart to reveal the the essence of what i'm trying to get through to the audience which has been a great exercise a great exercise so i'm yeah really looking forward to it we've got literally a sound check and a dress rehearsal tomorrow that's unreal and i saw a post you put up on social media the other day that uh it'd be a pretty unreal experience to tick off one of your uh, your things on your bucket list uh, live in front of a lot of people. <laughs> I've literally got it built into my presentation. That's amazing. Mm, can't wait. <laughs> Pretty ironic. Uh, the next the next thing I wanted to ask you is obviously the bucket list guy. Um, 
you know, that's what I know you as, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people know you as. How how did you go about building your brand? I know you've got a podcast. You obviously do um, your keynote talks and, and whatnot, but what are some of the things that you've found helped grow your brand and, and make people more aware of who you are and what you're about? Look, the, the number one the number one thing that, uh, you know, I will allude to, and I, I actually mentor a lot of prof- uh, what want to be uh, I call it messengers out there, you know, people who want to speak from the stage. So I, I, I mentor a lot of um, up-and-coming uh, both motivational speakers and also just general speakers. Um, I'm the past president of the uh, Professional Speakers Association in Victoria and a past board member as well. So I've learned a few few tricks of the trade. Um, and why am I saying that now? Uh, what was your question again? It was... That's my short-term memory. It's, it's uh, real good. Uh, what, what are the things yeah. that you've helped find build yeah, your brand yeah. the best? Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and I said to them the other day, God, I better write down what, what you're saying. Um, I said to them the other day that my number one thing since becoming the bucket list guy was because it's a, a, quite an urban term that's frequently used. I could run around the world trying to sue you know sue people for using the word bucket list, but I'd be out of pocket pretty. You know, pretty quickly. So my number one thing and advice to everyone is pick, you know, pick a highway, then pick a lane in that highway. You know, if you're going to be a motivational speaker, then pick a subsection of that, and then just own that lane. So yeah. for me, my number one marketing strategy is always, you know, outmarket. You know, everyone else using the word bucket list. Yep. So you can do that really easy via social media, um, and also by but not, nothing's done by luck. It's just about I, I just thought, you know, whenever the word bucket list is going to be mentioned, I want my name to be as close to it as yeah, close to it as possible. And I would like to pay pay that forward to whoever's listening. So you've got to own, you know, you've got to be the expert in that lane. Yep. And brand your brand your expertness as well. Yeah, and that's something that I that comes up a lot in a lot of books and podcasts that I listen to and and read and whatnot. And that's something I guess that kind of stems off this is obviously you had people kind of tell you that you should start doing keynote speaking and tell your story. Is something that you're big on uh, sticking to your strengths and getting people mm. to help you with your weaknesses, or are you a fan of trying to grow your weaknesses as well? No, 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 no. I know exactly what I'm hopeless at, and there's a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> that I'm hopeless at, and a lot of stuff that I get lost on in my perfectionism uh, kind of personality too. Yeah, we're all to a certain degree perfectionists, and but I'll, you know, I'll be doing something on a website, and it'll take me half a day, but then I've got my guy that that'll take like 20 minutes on the same thing. <laughs> If I yeah. do, just pay him and just go on to the next thing. So exactly. I've got to go to, yeah, I'm massive on outsourcing. I mean, being, yeah. you know, deep in the digital nomad arena now is is find out what you're good at and just do that more. Do it more. Um, and so if I'm, you know, my my I know what my roles are, what I'm good at, what my strengths are, and I certainly know what weaknesses are. And the hardest thing about entrepreneurialism is saying no to different things and then outsourcing 
the things that you say no to. Handing your responsibility to someone else, yep. 100%. That just comes down to trust. And yeah, yeah so I'm a, I'm a big advocate for outsourcing, a big advocate. Well, positive psychology is really all about exactly that. It's, it's about identifying your strengths and doing that more, more rather than trying to be this all-rounded, you know, uh, generalist. And that'll, that'll honestly get you nowhere. And you'll, before you know it, you're spinning plates. You're really getting nowhere. So, guys, identify your weakness. Uh, identify your weaknesses. Identify your strengths. Our sort your weaknesses. Simple as that. Awesome. That seems to be a very um, reoccurring thing with a number of guests I've, I've spoken to. Now, I wanted to know, do you read often? And if so, what are some of the most influential books you've read? Interesting. Well, the um, I actually don't read books anymore right believe it or not as about uh, two years ago i haven't well i get given a lot of books yeah um i'm referenced in a few books that's cool and which is nice and you know i get signed signed copies of those books and been to book launches and things yep but i actually don't buy books anymore i'm um, a big advocate of the minimalist movement so i don't i don't own a lot of stuff okay so i don't i don't buy a lot of stuff i i used to buy a lot of stuff i don't get caught up in commercialism i believe it's a massive waste of money and books i'm looking at my bookshelf right now of which i haven't moved hardly any of them (laughs) in the last i don't know how many years and it's because i stopped buying them and there's a hell of a lot of shelf help there yeah but in terms of being a minimalist, being a digital nomad and being flexible and I feel free and having less burden, I now just am a massive fan of, of Audible. Audible, yep. That was the yeah. next thing I was going to ask. Audible yep. or, um, you know, or, and also podcasts. Podcasts. I don't, watch the, I don't watch the news, don't really watch TV at all and I haven't for about four to five years now. That's awesome. And do you have any? Well, so you you don't read much. But anymore. I have got I have got influences. So you've yep. obviously got the four hour work week through Tim Ferriss. Um, I'm reading that one at the moment. That's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the big ticks on the on the bucket list was I actually had lunch with Tim Ferriss. That's unreal. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago. How did that was, come about? Uh, I had to pay to be in the room. There was only about uh, about four ten of us. Yep. Fifteen of us, maybe. At, um, when he came and gave a talk, um, but yeah, sat down with him, asked what's his on his bucket list, and you know, uh, I sat right next to him at lunch, and so we we're just having a casual chat. And like, the cool thing is, he's a cool guy. He's not a he's not a dick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he's actually super casual, and he's you know, uh, he's just a normal guy. So you know that that for me, you know, for what he is and what he's done. You know, I just love his philosophy. I love the way he thinks and the way he just gets around. He's rocked up in a backpack and he's like, yeah, cool. What do you want to talk about? And so he wasn't full of himself, uh, which is which is what I love. That's awesome. Um, so obviously the four-hour work week and then, you know, that, that whole digital nomad um, thing because, you know, I had probably 250 employees in my in my personal training businesses. Yeah, right. <clears throat> overall underneath our, our umbrella and, and then to go down to none – is pretty cool, yeah, definitely. And to be wherever in the world, because that's you know one of one of my biggest drivers is to be 
literally anywhere in the world and run my business from my phone and my laptop. And it's becoming just more and more of from the phone rather than the laptop. Yeah, yeah. And so that one, and also probably the big one is Happier by Tel Ben-Shahar. Um, that was the book that really solidified what I'm meant to do. So there's a process. Uh, see, Tel Ben-Shahar is a positive psychologist, and he's one of the top positive psychologists in the world. Um, he wrote the book Happier. It was actually given to me by a friend when I was going through, you know, I was not happy. Yep. Basically, a miserable prick. Here's a book on happiness. Now read it because you're bringing us all down. <laughs> what he was trying to say. Um, <laughs> but in that, in that is this MPS process, which is really interesting. So it's at three intersecting circles of M, P, and S. And M stands for what gives you meaning. P is what gives you pleasure. And S, what are your strengths? And in the middle is your calling. So I got that. I got motivation speaker. I'm like, oh shit, great. <laughs> and, uh, but, I'm, I'm know, sure that was probably the last thing you uh, you expected at that stage. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, like you know, these things happen for a reason. So I, I read that book, and I, I and I've got the audio book still on. And look, it's a, it, for me. You know, like when you go to a you, you buy a book or you download something and, and it's, you just need it at the right time. I look back on it now and I read it now. It's like, what the hell are you thinking? But, you know, things come into our world at certain times for exactly the right reason, I believe. So that certainly, certainly um, made me right angle things on my life, which was great. It was one of the contributing factors at least. Awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Now, a common trend that I've, I've found with, I guess successful people, um, people that are following their their own journey. I guess is daily habits and rituals. So, do you have any of those that you do? Whether it's first thing in the morning or um, just stuff that you do each and every day. Um, I guess to keep you on track or a bit of a bit of a habit. Oh, look, definitely, mate. I'm a I'm a big advocate for um, productivity hacking and and routines, rituals, routines. Um, for sure, I uh, you know every day I wake up get uh, get walked uh <laughs> my girlfriend and i walked those two white fluffy dogs um down to um yeah i live down in ocean grove on the beach yep um and the house the house down here and walk down have to get a coffee look it's it's um you can hate me but uh, i have to get the coffee have to clear the mind have then come back have um uh, have brekkie while we listen to uh, some personal development, or per, or listen to some sort of audio while while we're making breakfast. Um, and that breakfast is all like it's normally eggs with broccoli, and you know some of these old habits die hard, mate. So no bread. We're just, um, geez, chilies and all sorts of things. What else have we got in there? I don't know. It's great. Uh, jalapeno, jalapenos, yeah, all sorts of things. This scrambled, oh, uh, sweet potato, all that sort of stuff. So that's all in there. All the good stuff. Um, and then listen to personal development and bang straight into um, my list of things to do for the day. Identify the top three MVPs is what I call it, uh, most valuable priorities. Time block those throughout the day in, in amongst you know, all the other things that have already been set for the day. Yep. Um, and then just start on the most valuable ones and then, you know, go for it. And then at the end of the day, if I'm not doing that, I'll be I'll be bike riding. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, it's been a bit 
off and on, to be honest, because of the weather. Yeah, it's not good. But uh, normally when it when it's uh, a little bit warmer um, and less rain, we're out there a little bit more consistent. But pretty much right at the end of the day, I like to bookend and sort of disrupt um, my mindset from work into life a little bit more by uh, hitting the gym every day. So I'll do that around around this time every day. That's great. Very good. So I wanted to just finish off finish off the podcast um, with you giving us, I guess, your top three. Yeah, we'll go top three tips for someone that is wanting to go out on their own or chase whatever their their passion is, and I guess take the how do I put it? Take the leap from their everyday nine to five job, or like, do you suggest people just kind of jump straight into it, or or gradually get into it, or yeah, I guess your your tips. Well, you need number one. Find I I advise people is do a bit of research first. And um, what that what I mean by that is identify four no identify three or four people that are doing what you want to do, and then find out how they've done it. You know whether they're alive or dead. All right, so say um, whatever it is, but identify what it is, and then and then find out. Um, what those people are doing, their traits, behaviors, how they got there. So you can understand the psychology and their rituals, their routines, how they've come up against obstacles and got around them. So kind of so, reverse reverse engineering then. Totally. I call it your board of directors, you know, look, because you're the CEO of this thing. So identify a board of directors, if you will, and ask them, you know, intuitively or actually the questions that you want to know. Get good mentors around you. They're the, they're they're your mentors, all right. Um, and just absolutely, that's number one. And then then you can sh- you know crunch timeframes, collapse timeframes on your learning to get there. Um, subscribe to their stuff. Follow them on social media if you're doing that. Um, but just get inside their heads. Get inside their worlds. Uh, I would. Lock on to your why as well. So your why. Why are you doing it? Get really clear on why you're doing it. Um, because your why, well, they say your why is going to make you cry. It's got to be emotional. And if the why is strong enough, the how will work itself out. If you want something badly enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get it done. And, that, you know, in terms of doing that, forget about life balance. Like this is a, a bullshit 90s term that gets thrown around. Yeah. And if you want something bad enough, you just just put a you know put it put it 12 months aside and just go super hard. Super hard, yeah. Or you know you can do it in a season, three months. You know, go super hard. And I don't think a lot of people understand the concept of what super hard actually means. Agreed. All the successful people in the world will 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 sacrifice. Okay, and don't kid yourself. They didn't get there through life balance. You know, yeah. it's just reality. So I'm not saying you've got to, you know, disown everyone in your family and and you know put your pets in a kennel. It's 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 about being realistic as well, and doing whatever it takes to get it done. And I feel that a lot of people have got to be a is one I throw around, be a, perf- a progressionist rather than a perfectionist as well. For sure. So just keep moving um, and be great at adapting to change. 
There's a beauty. The beauty about owning your own business is the fact that you're not a part of a big corporation. You compare a tinny a tinny boat who can move around really quickly versus an ocean liner. Yep, that moves around good. really slow. So you can adapt to change really, really quick. So I don't know if that's three or four or whatever, but um, at <laughs> the end of the great. day, get good people around you, get good resources around you, get really clear on your why, um, and just don't give up until it's actually done. But also, what is done? Identify that. Perfect. Well, Travis, thanks a lot, mate. If you want to just tell the listeners now where they can, I guess, where they can find you, um, your podcast, uh, any any socials that you want to add in, um, I'll chuck them in the description as well. But thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries. People can uh, obviously hook me up on uh, com, and I'm uh, all over the socials as well, just at Trav Bell or whatever you find me on. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Uh, We'll look forward to chatting to you again in the future and good luck for your TED Talk. Yeah, cheers, Danny. Cheers, mate. Perfect. Thanks, Trav.